This is the Edumatch Podcast Network, bringing you amazing educators sharing their love of learning one show at a time. The Edumatch Podcast Network is proud to support this show and many others. Find out more at edumatchpn.com. The ideas and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely of the individual podcaster. This is TLC Ninja, a podcast for teachers by teachers about classroom innovation. And welcome to episode 103 of TLC Tech Learn Coffee. I'm Lisa Nowakowski, a fifth grade teacher in South Monterey County. And I'm Nancy Minicozzi, an instructional technology coach in Beverly Hills, California. Just a reminder, we have a 15-minute format because ain't nobody got time for more than that. <laughs> no, no. Well, okay, maybe these days we do, but we don't want to. <laughs> uh, in the 1950s, Americans had aspic. Now we have Dalgona coffee. In past crises, um, people made up recipes to survive, and so today... Uh, we do it for stress relief. We take Dalgona coffee, equal parts instant coffee, sugar, hot water, and you know, whip it until it's all foamy. If we can't get fresh coffee, we can make it. We can make it to drink and share this on Instagram because it's just so pretty. And so we also have a link to this um, on our uh, on our show notes. So if you want to learn more about that and how to make it, we got your back. Yes, we do. And uh, today's guest is Marissa Thompson, who will be talking to us about the ultimate EDU wish and to make things easier for everybody. So Marissa, thank you for coming on and tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are and what you do. Well, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to talk about this. Decided to speak with both of you. Uh, my name is Marissa Thompson. I am a high school English teacher and innovation support coach in Southern California. I do some professional development work at the University of San Diego, and then I also do some speaking around town and, and uh, professional development for districts. Well, that is exciting. And go USD. My daughter graduated from there and got a great education. So thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. Great spot. <laughs> so, um, you know, things are a little crazy right now. We're on a really wild ride. So props to all of the educators out there. Um, Marissa, what are some of the changes or wishes that you have for education today? Well, I think it's a, like you said, it's a crazy time and it's really highlighted a lot of the things that we should have changed and, and maybe gives us that freedom to be able to change things. Um, and so it's a, it's a trying time to be an educator, but I believe in us, you know, I believe in our kids. So uh, the biggest thing that I've always pushed for before this, during this, I'll be pushing for it after this is to have an educational experience for our students that's purposeful, effective, and super efficient. Not just for our students, but for teachers too. It's gotta be good for everybody. Otherwise it's not gonna last, it's not gonna stick. I agree. So why do you think that people, why do we need to change? I mean, obviously now we're doing things a little differently, but when we go back to school, why can't we just go back to how it was? You know, I, I'm actually, I'm speaking about this this week as well. And I, was making shifts. You were making shifts. You're, you know, we're tech people, we're innovation people. We weren't always satisfied with the way that things were. And so when we start seeing now that those problems are highlighted, uh, 
I hope we don't go back to the way things were. You know, teachers, students, everyone, we were overworked. We're, everyone's exhausted mentally, emotionally. You know, our time is drained. We talk constantly about teachers needing self-care and work-life balance. Something's out of whack. And so if we can make education and, and the daily routine so much more efficient, so much more time effective, um, and really purposeful for the teacher and for the student, we're all going to be better off. Right. I, I agree. I mean, and especially we talk about self-care. We talk about self-care now, but I feel like we should have been talking about it more earlier as well, right? I mean, it's it's hard being a teacher, as evidenced by all of those um, tweets about people or Facebook posts about saying, oh, I'm going to give my teacher a billion dollar salary after teaching my child for two hours, right? We'll take yeah. the money. Right? It'd be good. So if we, if we agree that we need change, and I think we do, how can we make it easier for people, everybody? Well, I think this current experience of trying to shift because of the pandemic I um, mean, you know, right now my district is so wise in asking teachers to really dwindle down what it is that they do to 20 to 60% of their course. And, you know, I, I work with great people and are, of course, absolutely, we don't know what's going on at home. Uh, we want to be really aware of how students are feeling um, and the different needs that people have. And I just am really curious about how easy that shift might have been? How, how easy was it to get rid of some of the coursework that you were typically demanding of your students? And if it was that easy to get rid of it, did you really need it in the first place? So I think that's one of the biggest things when we go back is, do you really need the coursework? I, I love the idea of really focusing on course goals, but really rethinking the quantity and the quality of our coursework. Well, and I think you hit the nail right on the head there. It's quantity and quality. I think a lot of teachers maybe believe that in order to make their course rigorous, they have to include a lot of work. Um, and maybe now that has changed. I don't know. Do you think people feel like their courses are still rigorous? And do you think that it was easy to get rid of things because we got rid of testing and so we didn't need those things anymore? We were okay with it? I think that's part of it. I, I also think that there needs to be a greater discussion on what rigor really is. I, a few years ago, I started um, getting rid of the tests that I was so used to giving and all the quizzes. So my course for the last few years has been no homework, no quizzes, no tests. Uh, everything is performance-based, and everything that we do in class is um, student-led, student-built upon, and discussion as the foundation. So the, the rigor there is not just the course, uh, the course material, um, but really the life skills that the students have to practice. It's, a, it's not as simple as, I read the material, I took the notes, I came in and took the quiz. Um, it's a lot harder. And the students will say <laughs> that... You know, this course is harder. I would rather take just a regular one where I just take the quizzes and do the homework and get my A. Um, but they learn a lot through that. So I think as we start really seeing what we're doing and how we're doing it, I'm hoping that we find that new 
term for rigor, you know, that new definition. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is all about the definition. So what is the biggest obstacle in your view to making these changes a reality? Well, I think there's a, someone said recently to me that one of the reasons why it's so difficult to make changes in education is because everyone really sees themselves as an expert. You know, they went through the educational system for 13 years and it hasn't shifted all that much. So every generation has, you know, a ton of educational experts because they went through it for so long. And I think that we're trying to make shifts, but I I don't know that we're doing the best job really communicating why we're making the shift, what that shift will entail, when we're being successful at that shift, and, and really struggling to create that trust with communities, with families, with students too, whenever we make these changes, that it's for the student, that it's for the student's best interest, it's in the best interests of our community, of our family, of the generation. Um, but I think that that's one thing where we're, we're really struggling. I, a couple, probably about a year, year or two ago, I started trying something that I call instructionless teaching because I think we're over scaffolding. And so as soon as you provide, this is the way it should be done, here are all the instructions on how to do it, the thinking is no longer required on the part of the student. Um, the other part of that too is that the student is constantly wrong if they don't do it your way. So I took away all my instructions, talk about an easy hack, right? Delete your instructions. But now you get to support a student in their learning. And for a while, it was really hard to get the students on board and to see that this was actually good for them. Um, so the last year that I, that I did at the beginning of this school year, we spent a lot of time talking about why there aren't instructions and why those supports aren't being provided to them. Um, I'll still help. I'll stand there with you and Google things, but it's not going to be laid out for you on a platter. You're going to need to go through this yourself. Um, but again, being able to really communicate that to the students and to the parents, once they started seeing results, they started being super supportive. Well, I, I think it's important for them to trust the teacher and try because a lot of times, you know, Lisa pointed out, we never take the scaffolds away. Um, I did suggest to some of my teachers when we moved to the um, home learning model that we have now, um, you know, I said, well, have your students make a video of themselves talking. And they asked me, well, how do I explain that to them? I said, don't explain it to them. Just tell them to make a video and let them figure it out. And if they have issues, they will ask you questions. And then if you aren't able to answer them, that's my job to help you as an instructional technology coach. But um, I think it really does take a lot of trust because that's just a simple thing. But when you're giving a big project and there are very few instructions, I imagine that a lot of the families might have difficulty if they're trying to help their student. Have you, have you experienced that? Yeah. And it's the same thing when I'm in the classroom and the student starts to struggle, they get frustrated. And I think that's really where the learning begins of you're frustrated. Good. Are you going to be shutting down or are we going to try and work through that? So where can we find resources for you? Let's see, I can help you, I sure can. You can Google a tutorial for it. Um, you can check right there, there's a help thing that gives you tutorials that the company itself has created. Um, you can ask a friend who happens to know. So 
I think also part of it is, is that when I provide this gauntlet, right, this challenge, this project, it's not so laid out that I have an expectation of what that product is going to look like. I'm only looking for particular skills that are in the standard. So if, it, if that video, I say, hey, make a two-minute video that tells me you understand, you know, 1950s uh, and the crucible and everything else, I don't have those, those um, quantitative markers in a rubric saying like it has to have this many of this and that many of that and this many, you have to use this tool. I don't care. If you wanna use Screencastify or you wanna use Loom or you wanna use iMovie or I don't care how you do it, you can record your slides, but I think providing those options and letting them go through that little bit of productive struggle, I'm still there. You know, I'll still help. That's my job, right? Right. Um, I mean, and you, just, yeah, go ahead. But just not laying it out in such a way where they're completing task by task by task, really letting them think, letting them be creative, and letting them go through the struggle that will give them that resilience, especially now. Like, my kids are totally comfortable with what's being assigned right now because I made them figure it out all year long. And that productive struggle is really key to learning and sticky learning, right? Yeah. You never, and, and then when you go to work, I mean, even as a teacher, right? My, my principal doesn't tell me how to teach. It's like, make sure your students know these standards. That's it, right? right. And we, we complain a lot about different uh, people not having the skills of autonomy, of creativity, of you know, they can't do anything unless I tell them exactly when to do and how to do it. And it's like, those are skills that need to be practiced. They just aren't uh, assessed in the traditional education system. So they they haven't been practiced as much. They're not appreciated as much. But once they get out into life, they're appreciated like crazy. So if we can merge our kind of core skills with those life skills, that's that sweet spot, but it's gonna take some changes and it's gonna take communicating that with the parent. So it does have some, some you know, front loading that's required, but I think in the long run, especially with what's going on right now, I think parents are probably seeing that their students need to be able to work and create independently and know when and how to ask for help. I couldn't agree more. So that was our timer. Any last thoughts that you would like to share? No. <laughs> no? <laughs> That's okay. This was, this was wonderful. It, you know, I think that really it, it gave people um, a lot to think about. And maybe we'll get some people shifting their instruction right now. I mean, I think everybody is, but it'll give them a direction and an idea for what their instruction might look like going forward. And even when we go back, um, whatever and whenever, uh, whatever that's going to look like and whenever that happens. Um, we will be adding links to uh, some resources in our show notes. There's, there is one more link that I think I would like to add based on the conversation that you and I were having. Um, but I, I think I did think of one more thing that, that I would like to say. Absolutely. Are you hitting me with that question one more time? Um, just, uh, I don't remember what my question was. <laughs> I think it's, um, <laughs> I think you have any final thoughts. Do you have any final thoughts? Yes. How might, you know, people shift their instruction when we go back, I think is what I was talking about. 
I just would really like teachers to see this shift that we're making not as something that is done because we're in a pandemic. I think that that might be the catalyst that's pushing us to make those changes, but making those video tutorials for blended learning or you know, creating plans that offer more choice and voice and independence, I think that's where we need to go. So I don't want them to see their plans for, for you know, pandemic teaching as something that's isolated from when we do go back. I think that we should take this opportunity you know, and take this as a catalyst to make the kind of changes and make the materials that we can then bring back into the classroom. So that's a silver lining, that it is an opportunity to change the way we've been teaching and make something that's more effective and efficient and satisfying for everybody involved. I certainly hope so. Well, we do too. And thank you so much. You've been a wonderful guest and given us so much to think about. So thank you again for agreeing to come on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. And thank you to our listeners. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a comment to let us know. Um, our comment question is, what is you, on your EDU wish list? And please don't forget to subscribe to hear more about easy ways for you to innovate in your classroom. If you like the show, and of course you do, please help other people find us by rating and leaving a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Remember, we're always looking for guests to share the great things they are doing in their classrooms. So if you know someone who fits the bill, or if you'd like to be a guest yourself, please visit tlc.ninja and complete the contact form to let us know. Thanks.